I think it's such a useful tool because it's quick and it's easy and it's simple and it's right every single time. What makes an industry-leading lawyer choose family in the first place? Where do they see the legal profession heading? And what advice do they have for aspiring family lawyers? My name's Dwayne Cormell, founder of legal recruitment consultancy Realm Recruit and LegalJobCoach.com. And I'm Paula Pawłowska, a specialist recruiter of family and childcare lawyers. In this series of podcasts, we'll be chatting with prominent family lawyers about current trends, memorable clients, their lives away from work, and all things family law. This is Refreshing Chats with Family Lawyers. We're bringing you Katie McCann for episode four. Katie leads the Manchester and Wormsley family teams at Knights PLC. As a qualified solicitor and barrister, Katie discussed cross-qualifying, as well as how she uses the IMA communication tool, both at work and in her personal life. As I think you know, the first question is fixed and set in stone. We would like to know if you could enact one refreshing new law, Katie, what would it be? Genuinely, I don't have anything that immediately would spring to mind. And I'm sure there's a plethora of things if I could sit and think about it. Um, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> why don't. In that case, why don't you tell us a bit about, a bit about life at night? You've, um, you've, you know, you've moved to one of the uh, less traditional firms, shall we say. You know, they were one of the first to be granted ABS status. They, um, when they floated, they were the biggest flotation of a, a law firm at that point in time. What's it like being there? So life at night is, for me, is fantastic. So <laughs> right now, even though we're on, we're on lockdown, um, it genuinely feels like I'm living the dream um, in many ways. Um, night is future focused. Um, it's modern. It isn't run like a traditional law firm is run. It's run like a business, which being a lawyer is incredibly refreshing. Knights treats its people very, very well um, and lets people play to their strengths. They're supportive and genuinely want you to do well. What we don't have are targets. So lots of people say, oh my God, how can you how can you operate without any financial targets or time recording targets or anything like that? We think that having strict, rigid targets actually just promotes the wrong behaviors. It promotes people hanging on to work not collaborating with other people it promotes too much competition um, amongst colleagues and teammates so not having targets enables us to work <coughs> really across all of our offices because we don't feel as if we've got an individual number that we have to hit the main focus is doing what's right for the client and it's incredibly refreshing for me to be in that environment. I so, 
that. So was that the biggest change at nights? The the the, the different in, in mindset from the sort of traditional setup of a law firm to, to a more business oriented one? Was that the biggest one? Totally. Um so it's it's incredibly different to a traditional law firm model um, and it's what makes us so unique I think and so stand out in this market and because you know all the difficulties that we've got now with the pandemic and and the, the the huge struggles that the legal landscape is now going to to start to go through we are so well positioned to to just continue to grow and continue to flourish because we operate as a business um, and yes you're exactly right the mindset is very different to your traditional law firm model it's so refreshing um, and I think it's it is the future if you like in terms of how Perhaps after this, you know, this earthquake, this tsunami has, you know, started to calm down and we're on the other side of this, we may find that the traditional law firm model doesn't exist in the same way that it has done for so many years. So if that's the sort of undercurrent of your rationale for why you joined Knights, let's go with a bigger question still. Um, Why did you choose family law in the first place? So did I choose family law? I didn't. No, you fell into it, did you? Um, I I did. I did fall into it. I always, when I was at university, I always wanted to do um, medical negligence. Same as me, yeah. Yeah, and then I um, tinkered with criminal stuff for a while, um, thinking I wanted to be, you know, Rumpole of the Bailey for a bit. Um, (laughs) And because even back then, way back then, um, it was so difficult to get a training contract. Um, the firm that I started, you know, I got a job with effectively was a specialist niche, almost family law firm. Um, and that's that's where it all, it all started for me. In terms of the cross-qualifying, because obviously you, you, are, you are a barrister and then you're an in-house barrister at nights right now. Um, how... How does it compare, you know, being cross-qualified? How, how, how does it help, I guess, in day to day? And I guess, which one do you prefer? So, so I started off life as, as a solicitor. That's, that's how I qualified. Um, but <laughs> I, I always wanted to be a barrister um, because, I don't know, I suppose I like to talk. <laughs> it's it's one of my my positive attributes and also one of my really negative attributes. Um, and I always I just always wanted to be at the bar, so I I took the plunge. Um, not that long after I qualified as a solicitor, if I'm honest, and I did a conversion and um, was accepted into Atlantic Chambers in Liverpool, um, specialising still in family work. And I have to genuinely say that I absolutely loved every single second of being at the independent bar. It's a brilliant life. It's a fantastic career. Um, And it suited me down to the ground. What happened with me and the reason why my career morphed, if you like, in a way, was because um, of the advent of, of direct access work. 
So because I had had one foot in both camps, once we were able to start doing that at the bar, I started to do lots of direct access work and I was getting lots of clients in um, that were being referred to me, et cetera, et cetera. And what I was finding was I was in court all day and then I was trying to deal with all these clients as well. Um, and I needed a setting that supported me from like an administrative point of view. So that's when I then went in-house at Kites in Manchester. And that's the when the, you know, the the next chapter of my, my career effectively started. So what's what's best? Which do I prefer? Um I would say there's there's enormous pluses to both of them and there are negatives to both of them as well I would say right now where I am right now in my career is absolutely where I want to be right now which is um, in a fantastic firm with a mindset and a set of values that that align with my own that is supportive of me of growing the team supportive (coughs) of ideas and you know is it's a great place to be so I suppose where I am now is an amalgamation of all the experiences that I have had up to this particular point so I would say my mishmash of where I find myself today is, is is absolutely where I want to be Refreshing Chats with Family Lawyers is supported by Realm Recruit. Realm was founded in 2015 to offer something different in response to the scattergun approach of some recruiters. Realm believes in treating lawyers like people and not candidates, and law firms like valued partners, not just transactional customers. Each of Realm's recruitment consultants are ultra-specialists, focusing on one legal practice area. Their refreshingly niche approach gives them the perfect platform to help lawyers develop their careers and to assist law firms grow sustainably. Whether you're a hiring manager looking for a talented legal personnel or a lawyer looking for a new exciting challenge, Realm are ready to help you. Visit realmrecruit.com for more information. Resolution of Adopted Imer, and I know that you support it. Could you tell us a little bit about how you utilise Imer day to day in the work that you do? So I, I'm actually quite a big advocate of, of IMA. Um, and I know that you guys have, have you know, done the training as well. So I'm a high yellow. It's pretty obvious, I think, that I'm a high yellow. Um, <laughs> it, when, when I did the training initially, I thought I was a high red. Um, and um, Ashley, Ashley Broder that, that, that does this locally for us. <laughs> Katie, you are the most high yellow person I've ever <laughs> come across. You are not high red. Um, so I find it ever since I I, I, I did the IMA training, which must be five, six years ago now, it's quite a long time ago. It's such a simple system and it's so memorable that you know all the, the Myers-Briggs stuff and all you know that those sorts of testing with all the letters, that it's just difficult and it's complex. And it's hard to remember. The IMA system is simple. You're a red, you're a yellow, you're a green, or you're a blue. And there are a set of standard, consistent personality traits that you would you would have in each of them. 
So I use it all the time. So I use it on a personal level. Um, I use it on in a professional level. So I will use it with my my colleagues internally um, who know all about IMA. So you know, we, we we talk about we talk about that and my colleagues, my close colleagues internally have also done the, the IMA questionnaire. Um, and I I will will use it to determine with my clients, for example, dependent upon their personality type. I will use that to help me determine what does this person need? How do I need to communicate with this person in the best possible way so that we get the best possible outcome? What I've not done yet is I've not implemented it across the team in the same way, for example, that Mills and Reeve might have done, mm-hmm. where they actually ask clients, I believe, to <clears throat> the questionnaire. Um we haven't gone that far with it yet, but I think it's such a useful tool because it's quick and it's easy and it's simple and it's right every single time. I'm with you on all of that. And I think the only problem that I've got with it is that since we've done the training and embedded it in what we do, I find myself sitting in the pub, or at least I did before lockdown anyway, just kind of thinking about why, well, that friend's definitely that colour and you're definitely that colour and it it can become a bit (laughs) (laughs) all-encompassing but it's really easy isn't it to spot to spot a high yellow to spot a high red and when you when you understand how how it works you understand why you actually get on with some people a lot better than some other people it doesn't mean that one color is better than the other it just means that we all as as human beings have different ways of communicating with each other and it explains i think a lot of the reasons why we get cross wires why we have miscommunication between us and certainly between couples who are who are separating you generally can see why it's happened you know why they've got to that particular point because they're so opposite you know on on the on the on the scale of things their level of communication was never going to be at its best but I think when people understand this and you talk about it and you try to integrate it it's such a great tool to understand why some people don't do things in the same way that you do them doesn't mean it's right and doesn't mean it's wrong exactly supporters of this podcast round recruit are IMA affiliates I'm as about identifying, modifying and adapting your communication style in order to better connect with others on their wavelength. It's a gateway you move through in order to understand what a person wants, needs and expects and how they manage their emotions. Whilst more than just another online questionnaire, the IMA questionnaire is the starting point. Within just two minutes, you can gain valuable insight about yourself and be introduced to a simple yet powerful way of thinking about the way we connect with others. Visit realmrecruit-ima.com to take the questionnaire now. How are you finding lockdown? So, all right, okay. However, I I did think that we would be going back into the office, even on like a a (coughs) part-time pretty soon um but we're not we've taken the decision as as a company yesterday that we're going to be here at home until the end of august 
Wow. Wow. Mm. Um, so because reason being, it works so well, you know, and it's not it's not damaged productivity. So I think I think all the um all the results have just been published today for last year. Um, you know, and it's all looking really good. So because it that there has been a little bit of a drop, but just because, you know, naturally across the country. <coughs> but it's plateaued out now and because I think everybody's just dead productive and it's working really well there's no need to put us all back into the office and have to socially rearrange the offices and do all that sort of stuff and so that's what we're doing so I'm I'm going to decorate my study and just like make my environment a bit different I think to get me through it Um, because my ideal if I'm honest is to have um, some time in the office and some time at home and have that agility for forever. That would work for me forever. If you weren't a family solicitor, um, who would you be? This is such a, a, an interesting question. People ask me this all the time. And I don't know why. Um, what would I be? I think the answer to this sort of question can be quite telling about someone's kind of personality <laughs> because we've we've already got so many different answers from family lawyers. There's no commonality at all. None at all. Um, I think I would if I wasn't if I wasn't a lawyer and I wasn't in in a business setting, which I which I love. I really enjoy doing. I would I would be probably involved in some kind of performing arts. I think so I love music um you know I try to to play guitar um violin um I'm teaching myself how to play piano at the moment as a way to relax so you know I love I love music I love dance so you know that I did I did the Strictly Summer competition last year um you know, I, I I love I love to get on a stage, and that's not in a kind of show off egotistical fashion. It's because I get a lot of enjoyment and fulfilment, and I get a lot of energy from doing that sort of thing. I've not tried acting yet, but I really, really want to have a little go. So even if it's a little bit of amdram or something like that, you know. I'd love to have a little go about that. And also I have this, I have this dream and I'm saying it out loud now. So it's, it's going to come true. But <laughs> um, I, I want to, I want to write. So inside me somewhere, there is, there is a novel of JK Rowling um, proportions. Um, and at some stage, if I ever get the chance to, to do it, I would really like to, to write something so to finish off katie we'd like to know fairly simply what is your favorite refreshment oh my god what a question um what's my favorite refreshment right so anyone that knows me knows that i don't really drink that much um so people think that's really boring um but I, I really love, oh God, this is so cliche. I really love a little bit of Prosecco. <laughs> I don't, I'm not, I'm not a gin girl. Don't really, don't really do gin. Um, I love Prose- a little bit of Prosecco 
And I love a nice mint tea or an Earl Grey. There we go. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. It's been good chatting. Welcome, it's a pleasure. And I hope you enjoy your bank holiday weekend. And I hope that in some way that it's distinct from every other day in lockdown. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope the weather's nice. Yeah, we can but hope. Great. Well, thank you so much, Katie. Have a lovely day. 